All right, guys, on today's episode, Hurricane Alicia McCumber from the Boston Central Office was on with us. Ty, how much energy does Alicia have? Well, so again, I think this is the first time we met. Yep. And it escalates throughout the thing till at the end, I'm like, man, she is a force. She's you know? a force. Yeah. You and when Alicia enters a room, you know it, but she's so good and she's come so far so fast. I think anyone that's listening today that is just starting, or if you're trying to figure out how to level up from Letterman to starter or starter to all-star beyond, she went from starter to franchise in one quarter and she literally outlines all, you know, everything she did to do it. And so if you're trying to get to that next level, like this episode is for you. But don't bring any excuses when you come talk to Alicia because she is not <laughs> interested in those. She will very quickly let you know that she's not interested in talking to you if you're full of excuses. So anyway, excited for you guys to meet Alicia. She's great. She's uh, she's one of Boston's finest. So enjoy. The League presents Electric People. If you're still using hair clippers to manscape, get manscaped stuff. They're a partner of ours. You know that. They'll give you 20% off for using the code electric. If you're a first timer, give yourself the gift of a pleasant experience. Yeah. And if you work for us and you're in sales, trust me, you need this product. If get it, it. And if you're the one who thinks you don't need it, trust me when I say you're the <laughs> one that needs it. Okay. So, uh, go to manscaped.com, uh, what, what are the, the code? The code is electric. The code is electric. Buzz, and then I buzz. usually say, bzz. yep, buzz, buzz. Because that could be electric or the buzzer. Bzz. Mm -hmm. Yep. Do it. Stop thinking about it. Just do it right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Electric People. Today we have Alicia McCumber on the show. Do we? How do you say your last name, Alicia? We're gonna settle this. Maycomber. 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 Got it. Um, Alicia is one of our top sales reps on the East coast. She works in the Boston central office. Um, she is a Boston native, a greater Boston native and, uh, came to the company about two years ago. Is that right? Mm -hmm. uh, it'll be two years in what January? It'll be two years actually at the end of November. End of November. Got it. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. And in that time she got off to a kind of, I would say a slow start. And then gradually started picking it up. And for the last five quarters, I want to say, she's hit our foundry, uh, which is our top 10 installers um, in New England uh, for the last five consecutive quarters. And then just third quarter recently, she had her best quarter ever. She hit franchise for the first time. Uh, one of a select few females, uh, women in the company that have ever hit franchise. I think we've only had three total, maybe. I can't remember. Uh, I mean, since we started doing franchise, I think it's just Mackenzie and Caitlin. Yeah, I was going to say the East Coast is representing strong on female franchise. Yeah. Um, and Alicia became the third ever to hit it. She just crushed it, had her best quarter financially she's ever had. And um, I would say most importantly, she's been a huge part of the success of the Boston Central team over the last year. Um, she's a really integral part of their leadership core and takes reps knocking out all the time. So I'm really excited to have her on because I think a lot of reps have, have gone through or are going through her kind of her story arc where they kind of get off to that slow start. And so I'm really excited to hear from Alicia and kind of how she went from, you know, kind of average even below average rep when she started to just kind of gradually improving and then just has an insane amount of momentum now She's already pacing to hit franchise again in Q4. So it's like she's just on fire right now. So anyway, Alicia, excited to have you on. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming on. Thanks, Adam. I'm excited to be here. You were in car sales before. I don't know some of the other things that you've done professionally, but what has this sales experience been for you like this roller coaster you've been on for the last two years? Just kind of give us the, the highs and the lows. Well, I would definitely say the low comes in the car business. But it's really cool because obviously the sales industry as a whole, a lot of people look at it as a, you know, a male dominant industry. So being able to come into an industry that's male dominant and then, you know, at Mercedes Benz of Boston, I was also kind of a top, you know, sales rep is there as well. So I think just having that competitive drive that, you know, I had throughout college with soccer had kind of let me have that confidence that you need when you have, when you get into a sales job. 
So I think it, I kind of got that natural instinct for that. And you just recently had, well, you're, you're scheduled to have your 100th Kerr installed this week, right? She actually yes, asked I me am. that. She goes, she goes, shouldn't we wait until after I get my 100th install? <laughs> Do you have it? You have it scheduled, you said? Yeah. So I finally have hit my 100th career install. It'll be at the end of this week. And I'm so we'll super just air excited this right about after. that. Perfect. Congrats. Yeah, do you have so a really do you have a celebratory gift for yourself? Do you have like a purchase, like a hundred account purchase you're making? Oh, I don't know. Adam already made fun of me for shopping too much. <laughs> oh, so you've been doing that the whole time. All right, so you're good. No, you I'm been just kidding. Gifts. She's been buying herself gifts since day one. <laughs> okay. No, All right. but it's definitely a milestone marker being able to hit a hundred installs. I think that you know, when I started at the end of my first year, I ended with thirty nine installs. So you know, being able to finally hit this possible 75 installation mark, which would, you know, qualify me with another ticket for Switzerland. Um, I had already got the Switzerland ticket from the bigs being the top welcome call rep, but just hitting all these marks that in the beginning I never thought were, was even possible for myself. I, you know, I would look at reps like Breno and the managers and kind of wonder how am I going to get there? And it kind of all just clicked this year. So I'm really, really excited and proud to be able to hit a hundred. Um, it's really a few females that have. So being able to be up there with those, with those ladies like Caitlin Axe and Mackenzie Watts, just superior women in the industry. You know, it's, it's an honor. There's a big, not to like, I mean, we're all just salespeople, but there's a massive women's movement coming. Like I see it. Like as we go to these different teams, the, the, the cool thing is as they, as, as, as some of the women have started to like do more and more volume the, they vibrate at a different level. They're just attracting a lot of them and they're, they're so deliberate in the what, like I'm really excited about what's happening with the amount of females getting into direct sales. They offer something different to the teams. There's well, a different expertise there. It, it's, it's, it's really healthy. I think they add an element to the office, just the feel of a team. Yeah. Like when there's strong, smart, women that are motivated it like it keeps the guys on their toes especially you know it just adds a different competitive element that is hard to have without it but um i think most importantly for and i think what i'm most proud with with you know alicia mentioned caitlin and mckenzie but it's like each one of them um and we've had some other really really great women over the years but they've kind of been like these one-off outliers like kathy um um chen, chen. For, yeah from years ago she was amazing, but then she was like the only one. And now it's like we're hitting this momentum where there's like more and more that are doing it and they're inspiring women what's possible, right? So are you feeling that from some of your girlfriends that you even have like on, I mean, like for example, I think we've recruited like five or six women recently and a lot of it, and when I've interviewed them or they've called or texted me or whatever, they're like, yeah, I'm seeing what Alicia is doing online. I'm seeing what some of these other girls are doing online. And it's like inspiring them that they can do it. So are you feeling that, Alicia? Like, are you getting that type of feedback from other women? Yeah, I was actually just going to mention that. So it's it's actually really cool because in our office, I started a women's group. So every Tuesday we meet after the meetings just because obviously in this industry, going to doors, selling homes, you know, having presentation pitches, all that stuff. It's completely different man to woman. You know, men have certain characteristics that can help them a little bit better. And us women, you know, being nurturing, maybe a little bit more trusting at the door definitely helps us as well. So I think that because I'm so confident and I've been on social media and I've been on Facebook and, you know, having our league conferences and just being able to step up as this kind of, you know, recognition for the women. It's amazing because I'll have reps over in California and the, in the Fresno office and the San Diego office, they message me on Instagram and they always comment on my posts and they're like super inspiring seeing another woman crush it. If you ever come out to California, please visit our office. So it's, it's just remarkable thinking that you could come from nothing to all of a sudden being this name across the whole country, 3000 miles away to some, you know, a girl that doesn't think that she's going to make it. And then she's messaging me once a week. We have a conversation over the phone. Um, just kind of what I'm doing that's helping me and it's inspiring other women is just to me, like it makes everything so much better for me because it just make. I don't know if you guys ever feel this way. It's when you give, it's like such a different type of feeling 
you know, in your heart and when you work, it's total determination now. I just not only want to work and be successful for me, but other people are now relying on me to be successful. So it pushes me even more to kind of make a name, you know, for women in this industry. So it's super, super inspiring to me. Well, it's, it's something, Ty, that Alicia does that's so cool is there's very few people, especially in New England, and that I've seen even on the Holy Coast that, um, you know, that you have official leaders and then you have unofficial leaders. And, uh, you know, there's an sort of, there's sort of an art to leading without a title, right? And um, I think a lot of people, a lot of our salespeople who are top performers, they're like, well, if I'm not a DM, that I'm not like, I don't have to take guys knocking or I don't have yeah. to do all these things, right? And it's just the wrong attitude. And Alicia really exemplifies that leading without the title. And what happens is when you do that, eventually that title obviously will come. But um, something I've found really interesting recently is I've noticed that you've taken several women that work even on other offices around New England on like a date night, uh, like once a week. And I'll just see that she's posting like out with, a girl from one of the other offices and she's like, it's a, the whole dinner is a date night where they're just talking work the whole night. So talk to us a little bit about that. And like, where'd that idea come from? I love talking about this. It's one of my favorite things because <clears throat> so basically what happened was I had got, I received a phone call from one of the DMS in the Boston North office that she wanted me to kind of mentor this rep that I knew pretty well, but I didn't really know you know, who she was as a person or even in the North office, who she was as a sales rep. So being able to go out with other women in the industry, I'm able to know what works for them. We're able to kind of connect on this level that, hey, there's a ton of men in that office too, you know, what works for you. And being able to have that relationship isn't just who we are as women in the office, it's the entire company of Sunrun. So just being able to learn from other people, even though I've been in the industry for two years and I've hit these marks, you can never stop learning. And, you know, being able to learn from other women, their tactics, their characteristics. I love going out. I love taking them out. It's super, super, I don't even know how to say it. It's, it's more so like it makes me feel really good inside just because they might, they need that relationship and I'm being able to give that to them. And they're also able to give me something in return. So it just widens this whole women's movement here in Sunrun that, you know, solar is not just a male dominant industry and we can to be successful here. And that's the majority of my conversations with these women is they don't really see the confidence in themselves. So I love that I can bring that aspect because I am very confident. I'm very loud and very obnoxious. So being able to have these one-on-one -on -one moments with these ladies gives me a little bit of something, but hopefully it gives them a little bit of something too that I can offer them. You know, it's awesome. <clears throat> um, I have this kind of this theory. I was talking to Adam about it the other day, and it's part of the message I've been sharing this quarter on these phases that you go through in sales. So, you know, at, at you know, sub 30 total installs, you're probably classified as a beginner, right? Once you get around like 50, 60, maybe you're more intermediate. That's where most people in the industry kind of get to or phase out. But then once you get up over 75 and have some recruits and have some experience and stuff, you'd probably by industry standards be an expert. And the interesting thing is if you don't, it, as an expert, you focus on different things than someone that's a beginner, right? And one of the best pieces of advice that, that I could give somebody transitioning into expert mode is you have got to become a mentor. Because if you don't, you have all these things that you've developed and learned. And if you're not putting them into somebody, one, they don't right. refine and get sharper, but you also, it, it's like, it's like food being left out of the refrigerator. Like eventually it just right. kind of spoils. And so, uh, I love that you're like instinctively doing that. It's, it's never a waste of time to share. It's never a waste of time to mentor. And you mentioned right. that makes you feel good, but it's because it's developing a leadership side of you. And then eventually there's going to be leadership opportunities that you just weren't ready for before you started mentoring. So walk me right. through that. Was that a conscious thought or do you just start thinking like, Hey, I like to help. I'm going to start doing it. It's actually very funny that you mentioned that. Cause that was going to be my next topic was, you know, growth. My biggest thing that I've learned from this job is the feeling of being uncomfortable. So I've actually 
been able to embrace that. But when I started here, I was very immature. I did not embrace being uncomfortable at all. And I didn't really care to be a leader. Um, it was really over time that I learned that giving and helping, being reforming myself to help other people is in itself its own gift. We talk about this job all the time, being a personal development course with a great compensation plan, you know, all across the country. It's just being able to be around all these women, all these people and being able to grow is essentially the main reason what's made me successful here. All day, all night, the one thing that we do is get rejected is 95% of the time, right? So that 5% of the time that our brain feels that sense of dopamine or happiness kicking in when we're able to get a sale and it's that feeling that drives you, that all the time is being broken down in your mind every single day. So if you learn to embrace uncomfortability and being able to get rejected and also being able to take that into the form of helping other people learn that being uncomfortable is considered growth. Being uncomfortable is considered moving you to the next level. So that's one thing that these women have helped me be able to do is be able to be more confident and grow in myself, which in return has made me be a better leader. And I didn't even realize I was doing it. You know what I mean? So that's kind of how I take that aspect as well. So Ty, Alicia is a phenomenal athlete. If you didn't know, and I think most people won't know this, but she, uh, so I'm going to brag about Alicia for a minute, but she um, was like a highly, highly decorated high school athlete, uh, soccer, track, um, was, uh, played soccer in college and didn't just play at like, I mean, she played at a pretty big college in Massachusetts. It's called Worcester State. And um, she currently holds still to this day the most goals ever scored at that school in the history of the school. Wow. So she's the all-time leading goal scorer at Worcester State. And no big um, deal. Yeah, it's pretty rad. So like <laughs> no if you deal. Google Google Alicia McCumber and like you can see like you can do it right now. She can see her like YouTube's like highlights. <laughs> like, I mean, let me just He's like I'm finding these dogs now, right now. Yeah, you can see her like running track. I don't think it's McCumber, I think it's McCumber. Is what she said. <laughs> um, sure yeah, enough, sure. right here. Yeah, no, she's, decorated yeah, in she's, soccer and all kinds of things it, going on. It. So her competitive nature, um, I think, comes in really handy, but it also can be really annoying at times because she'll blow me up at like eleven thirty <laughs> at night on a Saturday night and be like, "How many? How many welcome dolls does he have?" She's, she's like, like, "I losing. just want you to know you're soft." <laughs> you're like, Literally oh, losing oh. her mind. You know what I mean? But then it also makes That's her right. super. It makes her super easy to motivate because I'm always like, dude, you're getting smoked by like everybody right now, you know? So it's like, she just. And I believe so. him every time. <laughs> every but, time. Um, you're going to need to get access to check. You don't want to be that easy to motivate. <laughs> yeah. Like he's like, hey, he's one up on you. Go get another one. <laughs> <laughs> but so two things. One, um, first question is uh, how much of your soccer and athletic background do you feel like has helped you just with this job? All of it. I would say that if I wasn't a, so a soccer athlete, then I wouldn't be where I am today. Uh, the reason being is because, you know, when, when you're playing at a high level, you're playing with other people that are at a high level. So it's almost like sales. And that's why I feel like I, I excel here. When I was on the team, it's almost like that saying, if you're not first, you're last. That's how I feel about everything. If I am not the best player on my team, if I am not the number one in welcome calls, installs, I am last in my mind. So going throughout high school, playing soccer on a, on a club team, we were the national champions two years in a row. I went to college. I got a full scholarship. They couldn't say it was for soccer, but it, we all know it was for soccer. Um, so, you know, being able to go to so uh, college for soccer, I was the captain my sophomore, junior, and senior year. And I was player of the year for the entire division three and, you know, my junior year and my senior year. So having, you know, this sort of recognition has made it very impossible for me to feel okay being second. So in the rallies, you know, in, in the competitions, I feel as though if I am not first, then I am last. And that's what I feel is the difference maker between me and a lot of these reps is they'll feel comfortable hitting two welcome calls or three welcome calls 
and I'm comfortable hitting that too. But if I'm not first on the week, then I might as well not have put up put up one welcome call. Mm. And so I feel like without any sort of competitive nature, how can you excel when you don't want to be better than the version that you were yesterday? Is very very important to me. Is being able to, you know, it's just like Don Gomez said in the league conference. So what now? What? You know, you have a good you have a good quarter. You hit franchise. So what now? What? Now it's, you got to do it again. You have to be number one again. And to me, if I never had that background in sports to learn how to be competitive and to learn how to be number one, I don't feel like sales would have been the right move for me and I wouldn't be where I am today. So what So what do you say to someone who doesn't have that kind of background? How do they develop that competitive nature? She says, how, move. How do they, like, no. how, what do you recommend? <laughs> yeah, what Get do you recommend the they do? Is, are you just like, hey, you better find someone that you can learn from. Like, how do you, what do you recommend to someone who's like, okay, well, no wonder you kill it. You came from this long decorated sports background. Like, how do I get right. that? So I guess in every aspect, everybody has something that they need to work on for them to be at a certain point in their career. Just because I am where I am, there's a lot of things that I could work on that could make me a complete level higher that I need to find myself. It's really what I tell people is it's a decision, right? Like we say in the bloodline, nobody cares, work harder. It's you have to find that niche. And I tell people all the time, I say, well, how many welcome calls did you get last week? One, this week we're going for two. We just want to beat what you did last week. You got one cap last week. Let's shoot for two this week. Or if you did 20 hours last week, let's shoot for 25. So when I ever coach new reps, it's there's always something that we all need to work on, even me. But it's the decision that you make to move forward. And if you're okay being uncomfortable, then you will exceed. It doesn't have to be the competitive nature that works for someone. But if you're okay and you feel okay being rejected and you are okay you know, having that uncomfortability aspect where you're willing to learn, then you'll exceed even without the competitive nature. It just has to be a decision that you want to make your life better. And that's all I tell people, really. Alicia, how'd you how'd you find us? How'd you get into direct sales? So I actually you, I picture you just like <laughs> out on the corner looking for a some some sort of contest or some yeah, sort of fight. And you're like, <laughs> no, I'm you're kidding. Like, so give me something to win, I'll win it. Yeah, give me something right now. <laughs> give me something. I'll be number one. She's just outside with the signs <laughs> yeah. in. Say I won't. Like, come on. <laughs> no, but seriously, you you how'd you hear about the job and what was it like coming into the business? So um I actually found this job through somebody that I was dating at the time. Their friend walked into the bar that I was working in and he had told me, you know, about a couple of the installations that he had in the solar company and I had never heard of them before. So I wanted to come to a meeting. It happened to be in a completely different office. So they were in the Boston North office and I ended up going to Boston Central just because of where I lived. And it was to me, I'm happy with the decision, but I was able to work with some people, you know, obviously things happened. And ever since then, I feel like I've just skyrocketed and, you know, how I've, you know, worked in sales, but it initially became of word of mouth. There's a lot of people actually in the Boston region that do solar here. There's about a hundred reps in the North office. West now has about 60. We have now about 40 to 50. There's a South office as well. So it really is just word of mouth up here. There's a lot of people with Sunrun. And Viv it was Vivint Solar at the time. So that's so kind of how was, I kicked off my career. It was, it was a friend of a person you were dating. Correct. That came and he into also the bar and mentioned it. Yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. It's crazy because, yeah, hey, you know. Hold up. Well, first of all, by the way, she, the guy that she was dating worked for us also. And it was pretty good, by the way. Um, and uh, just in case he he listens to this, which he probably will, because that's what you know, ex boyfriends do. But um, <laughs> he was pretty good. What road are you going down here? He's pretty good. <laughs> Where are you going? Dude? Know, I'm, I'm deciding if I'm gonna get out of the car. Alicia, or if I'm go. Alicia's like, please God, <laughs> no. Um, but he ended up uh, getting recruited by a competitor. Uh -huh. Tried to take Alicia with him. Try you know whatever, and Alicia was like, nope. I'm staying here. Wow. Like you do you and I'm staying. That was the end of that relationship. Whoa. <laughs> so you're not wearing orange. But here's, here, 
Alicia, you're so intense. I'm loyal to my boy. I I want to be on your good side for sure. No, she. I always say, um, I always call her Hurricane Alicia because, like, when she rolls in, like, you know, Alicia's in the room. So she's uh, she's got a presence. Well, the interesting thing is, like, it's cool that he had the presence to to think of you and talk to you. But how many times, like, as leaders, do we think one? Maybe even like, oh, I don't know if she'd want to do it. She's got something going. Or we don't think about it at all. Like, think so you mentioned, yeah, there's by the math, like 140 people selling in Boston in the area. It's actually it's actually way more than that, by the way. It's like there's probably over 300 reps just in the greater Boston area right now. So okay, so like 300. Huge, yep. And so it's like, but now that the network growth now should be like, we were interviewing someone a second ago and he was talking about how hard it is to get to like your first million dollars. Once you get to a million dollars, it's actually fairly easy to get to 10 because you know how to do it. So it's like, when you think now what your story tells me is it's like, open your mouth about the job. I interviewed um, Kim Wathen and uh, you know, she's a, a rep in Southern California who's killing it. And we were joking that the way to, the best way to be a good recruiter is tell people about your job. Like, even though you had a job and you were, you know, you were working in a bar and probably had a bunch of friends and probably like knew your way around there, you tell people about it and then it grows. And then you have a whole network of people and then it grows. You'll be, you know, you're already doing leadership stuff, but eventually like this is how the business grows is you, you open your mouth, you get moving. Right. And then all of the opportunity kind of comes as a result. And that's the one thing that I, you know, I will be thankful for is finding this job and this opportunity um, because everybody has, you know, everybody has a story. Everybody has a background. When I started here, I was a lot of money in debt. I went to school, I had a bachelor's degree, criminal law. I wanted to go to law school. I was extremely broke. I I was living off of paycheck to paycheck. And, you know, some days were really hard. And, it, and, and I always tell the story. I mean, I, I did this in the league conference that when I was bartending, there would be days that, I would have to decide on taking a $22 Uber or walking two miles in the snow to the train station to pay $250 for the train to save money for the next day. And it and it makes me and it makes me overwhelmed, but it also makes me really happy because I made that decision to quit all of my jobs and put a hundred percent of my mind into solar, into Vivin Solar at the time, now Sunrun. And if I never did that, I don't know where I would be, probably still bartending, living paycheck to paycheck. I had to get rid of my car at one point because I couldn't afford to have it. You know, paying, helping my parents pay their mortgage, they were sick. And it's just all these things that I look at myself two years later and I almost feel like I don't recognize the same person. You know, this job isn't just us selling solar or, or help, and help, even helping families, which is to me the biggest thing is, Today I had a customer and, and he fed me almost two meals just because he was so thankful that I was there to help his family. It's the fact that I never thought that I could get myself out of the hole that I was in and I was living with no means for the future. And, you know, I, all day, every day I will get on, you know, and, and, and thank Adam and, and my mentor Felipe in BC for what they've given me because I, I would never expect this or dream about this in a dream if it wasn't for them, honestly. Well, you did the work, right? Like that's, that's the thing is, and it's cool to hear that story. Cause you know, from, from deciding whether or not to Uber or take the bus or, or whatever, but this is a world that so many people don't know exists. And so many people would be so good at it. Right. Mm-hmm. So it really right. does. It really does have you wake up because think about it. Like, and, and, we're fortunate we get to hear these stories all of the time, but you know, my, my friend, Jason Allen, who, you know, started, uh, you know, a couple hundred thousand dollars in debt and just bought a home, like on the California coastline that happened in a year. And you're talking about, yeah, but you're talking about turning this around like in a year and now you're mentoring people and stuff. And it's like all that same stuff was inside of you. It's always been there. You just didn't have the Avenue, right? You just didn't, you just didn't know the world existed. And once you find it, it's like, man, how many people, can you multiply and, and help have the exact same experience and more customers that you reach and more lives benefited and more parents rent paid during a time when they need it. Like it, now you have kind of a responsibility. It's one thing to have a talent, but now that you know how to do it, it's almost like, all right, now there's more work to do right now. Now we got to go out and, and grow more people. Right. And I, and I feel like that's the one thing 
in the past, I always mentioned to Adam and I will, and I will say this proudly. I, you know, I don't want to hide anything. I did not want to be in foundry in the beginning. I made it on accident and even know what it was. I was the top 10 rep in the region and I had no idea why I was in the group. I didn't like that I had to be on calls at 10 o'clock. I didn't want to mentor someone. I just didn't want any part of it because I just wanted to do my thing and work and make my money. And I didn't care, you know, about the team. I didn't care to push people or motivate people because I was just in this dark, you know, dreary stage. And being able to open up one day, I just made the decision is that now I'm going to help people. Now, if I'm not in Foundry, it's it would kill me. You know, being able to have this mentor leadership to leader, you know, Michelle in the North office and we became amazing friends. That leadership mentorship I would have never had if it wasn't for, you know, Mackenzie Watts calling me and asking me, hey, do you want to mentor Michelle this quarter? And I said yes with open arms, whereas a year ago, I wouldn't want to take on another responsibility because it was too much. So that's why I always resort back to that word uncomfortable. It's going to be the one thing I say for the rest of my life is over 12 months. The one thing I learned was being uncomfortable is growth. And to people who don't realize that they have to, because it's the only way that we're going to grow. And it's the only way that I learned how to be a leader, how to be better at sales, how to be number one welcome calls in my in bigs in, in my office in Sakara Switzerland trip. I never thought any of that was possible. And now I know that it's, you know, you have to be uncomfortable to grow and it provides all these beneficial things like these friendships that you'll have forever. So that's a huge thing for me. Something that um, I want to talk about just for a few minutes is your schedule. And I want to, um, I guess, kind of preface this by saying, um, I think there's this misconception that people that are single have like more time to sell. They have more, they have let, you know, less distractions, this, that, whatever. And, um, but I actually think it's the opposite. I think our married, you know, sales guys or sales women, they have less distractions because they're not like in this dating world. They have kids to be focused on. They have a big why, right? Like behind their motivation every day. And right. so I find a lot of our single guys that are in their twenties, thirties, single women in their twenties, thirties, they, they just have a lot of distractions. And then especially like Alicia has no shortage of guys on the team where she's, you know, there's 85 reps on her sales team and 15 of them are women. And of those 15, probably half of them are married or in relationships. So there's like guys on her team DMing her, Hey, do you want to hang out this weekend? Hey, come out with us this weekend all the time. And I see her on group chats, on the foundry chat, on different chats being like, Hey, sorry guys, I, I'm, I'm working this weekend or I'm working on Sunday or I'm working all day Saturday. Like, what are you guys doing? Like, why aren't you out working? Where did, where does this drive come from that even someone who's single, you know, in the dating world, whatever, like you're still, you've been able to like create this balance to where you work as hard as anyone on your team, but you still go out and have fun on the weekends. Like, how do you balance it all? Like, what advice would you have for someone who's, in their 20s and single and trying to balance it all out? I think that came when I started caring more about myself and my future than I really cared about, you know, looking cool for, you know, Instagram and, and Facebook. It was, it, it's, it's, I like to have fun. Don't get me wrong. I, I love to go out. I do all the time, but it's work the next day. I actually think that having this single life in this job has pushed me even further to be better because I don't have any distractions. My schedule when I wake up in the morning is I wake up between 6 and 6.30 every morning. I don't even pick up my phone for the first 20 or 30 minutes. I have a journal that I bought. And this is all, you know, like I said, the last eight months when I really just took this decision to do, you know, to focus on me. And so I wake up and the one thing I do is I write down what I'm grateful for. I write down, you know, I brain dump in the morning. I write down my to-dos and then I have, you know, a, a cup of coffee or tea. I hang out with myself. It's, you know, the one thing that we forget to realize is that we're still humans. My mind with solar, you guys probably know this being salespeople, it never stops. 
I eat, sleep, and breathe my job. And I think that that's what separates me from other people is that when I get up in the morning, my routine is to start my day for solar. It's I want to wake up, write down what I'm grateful for, so I never lose sight of the vision. Then I go to the gym and I kill my body for about an hour and a half because the hardest thing to do is to wake right up and do something hard. So if I eat the frog is what I call it is just eat the frog, right? Do the hardest thing that you have to do right when you wake up so the next 12 hours is a breeze. So after I go to the gym, I eat my breakfast, and then I'll plan out my day and do my account work. 20% of the job is getting the call, and the 80% of the job comes after you close the sale. It's actually the hardest part of the job. So I spend about two hours going over my account work, and once that's done, then I'm on the doors or I'm on the foundry call at 12 in my turf. So it's just being able to understand that, yeah, people have nine to five jobs and they get to go home, they get to turn off, they get to fall asleep and hang out with their families, but this job never stops. So I think having no distractions, you know, just being able to go out when I want to, not having anybody around, that's what makes me excel here is just being able to focus on the vision and not getting distracted with all these other things going on. Now I like to go out, you know. I like to go out, drink, have fun. Everyone knows that. I have a huge ball of energy. But I'm showing Ty a video. I, this, is, this is terrible radio, but I'm showing Ty a video. It's at 11.36 p.m. We were out with a big group of people this past uh, Friday night. While I'm over birth- here talking it was, about my- it was some Well, it was someone's birthday, and we were like, everyone went out. So, And then I w- was sitting near Alicia... I filmed the the restaurant and Alicia is working on a CAD design on her phone. And who's this dude in front, like trying to talk to her and she's like designing. (laughs) Yeah. So she's, so it's 11:36 PM. We're at this cool restaurant downtown and everyone's sitting there chitty chatting. And I look over and Alicia's just heads buried in her phone. And I like money. Don't sleep Adam. She's like, I'm uploading uh, usage, bro. Yeah. She's (laughs) like, I don't have time to date. She's like, I'm dating my paycheck. So, so she's awesome. Alicia, what are your what are some of your goals? What are some of your like long term goals if you have any? Like, what are you trying to accomplish? You're so driven. What's it for? Oh my goodness! I just I said, you know the up, big. Listen, <laughs> buckle up. I'm gonna tell you. So I think that the biggest thing for me is the fact that personal growth is just so important, and people don't realize it, especially at this job. We are given so many connections, avenues incredibly smart, intelligent people to speak to that talk about real estate and all that stuff. So before this job, I don't think I had a vision. I don't think I really had goals. We all strive to be homeowners, but we really don't know how easy it is to get applied for a home. So being able to be in this job has made me want to like, that next year, my goal is two properties. I already do a little bit of investing, but I want to be able to own multiple real estate properties, eventually buildings. I want to work for myself. I don't want anyone to tell me what to do. I want to be able to tell to dictate my own schedule and to still have passive income is totally the goal here. It's just to be able to live comfortably and have financial freedom. I love it. It's very clear. When you said that you don't want anyone to be able to tell you what to do, I just imagine like you nope. continue at this pace for 10 years, you buy your building and then someone tries to tell you what to do and you're like, oh no, what? I'm like, what are you? Hmm. Something what? is right here. Here's where you tap the guy on the shoulder and be like, buddy, <laughs> it's not going to work the way you think it's going to work. Adam's like, I'm scared for that guy. Yeah, that's exactly right. Where are you from in, in Mass? Where you, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Stoughton. I went to Stoughton High School. Where's Stoughton? I don't know Stoughton. Stoughton it's is South Shore area. You said South like Shore, Canton, Easton. Yeah, you're, you're, it's like Sharon. Southwest Boston. Mm. Yeah, down toward the Patriot Stadium. And your family's down still all in. Your family's still all in the area. You're, you're Boston girl through and through. Yeah. Yep. Love it. That's awesome. That's so. It's so cool. I love to see, um, like the local presence. You know, uh, Sunrun is the the dominant solar provider in the state of Massachusetts, which is really cool, and. You know, a lot of us have relocated to our markets. Adam relocated to his, I relocated to mine. And one of the things I love seeing is the people that are that are from the market 
start to invest back into the place where they're from, right? Like switching over just an ancient antiquated utility grid system for the city and for the state is amazing. But then now people, you know, have the same opportunity that you're experiencing. And eventually like this used to be kind of a culture for us of, okay, we know a bunch of network marketers and then we go out to these cities, we do our work and then we come back. But now it's so much bigger than that, right? Mm. Do you have you, do you have friends that you like went to school with and, uh, you know, maybe competed with that are now getting into the business? Is that happening yet? What do you mean that I competed have you recruited, with? Have you recruited people, like from soccer teams and things like that? Yeah. Yeah. So do you mean in, in my office? Yeah. Have you started to recruit people from your hometown yeah. like into I the business? I actually have three of my best friends are, I have now oh, uh, three recruits and the three of my best friends, two of them are from high school and one of them is from college. Mm-hmm. And I remember talking to my, my, my girl that I recruited, um, Tomorrow is, you know, going to be her first official meeting. She's being onboarded this week. And she tells me all the time, she's like, I can't believe you told me about this a year ago and I didn't listen to you, you know, and and now being able to have my friends see me exceed, I think it's really when I started to excel that they didn't really expect it from me. So being able to now have other people say, Oh my gosh, your leash is recruit. You know, you're going to do so good. It makes me feel good because, you know, my success is dictating somebody else's future success, which is absolutely incredible to me. It's mind blowing. It's one of the most honorable things Mm -hmm. I think I can feel as a human being, Mm -hmm. just being able to have now my circle of friends. I think one thing we talk about all the time is our environment. You know, if you want to know who you are, look at the people that you surround yourself with, right? So the one thing to me is when I started this path of growth in myself as a woman and, you know, as a, as a solar leader and as a friend even is that, um, you know, being able to help people is just so different when you have the numbers or the leadership or, you know, the inspiration to back that up. I think that's just really, really, really cool. Yeah, that's what I was thinking when you said that you just recruited three and your friend that said it was, it took her a year, but a year ago you didn't care about leadership and did 39 installs. Exactly. So so it's like leadership starts and like hinges on an impeccable example. Like Mm -hmm. it, it really does. Like once you, once you do the thing, you don't really need to talk about the thing. You, you activate the magnet. You are now attractive to like-minded people. So it's like, yeah, like if, if, and, and this is to anybody that's listening, like if you started a year ago and you've kind of tried to recruit some people and it hasn't really stuck, the very best thing you can do is be incredibly impressive. Like go better your life and, and do amazing things. And then people see it and they want it. And it ends up being the most helpful thing that you could do. And now as you transition into leadership, hold the example, right? Like don't taper off what made you great. As you keep going, right. those three turn into 12 and eventually an office of 40 and it just keeps on going right it's also like that saying too it's it's great to get to the top but it's harder to stay at the top Mm -hmm. so i think that it's you know this pathway that i've made this avenue that i've made to this this point it's only harder to stay there so you know it's like i keep saying with the don gomez example so what now what you know what I mean? So it's, we have to keep striving to achieve this goal that even though we've already hit it, it's harder to attain the same goal than it was to hit it. And you're not going to continue to get the same recognition as when you were on your way up, which to some people can be a little, you know, discouraging. And I, I embrace that. And I think too, going backwards to that example of your environment and who you're around, it's, I look at the people in my life, and it's so funny because we made a joke, Adam, at the lead conference that I have two phones. So I have a personal phone. I have a work phone. Oh, boy. And I would say. I don't know. I don't know, a, I don't know if you could trust people with two phones. Yeah, it's a drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> That's what your grandma no, would say, trust right? me. Right. I make fun of her every time I see the second phone. Every except, time. Do you call except, it the burner? Is it a burner phone? She's That's got, what they call well, it. Listen to her, but this is her reasoning though. So explain the reasoning. Okay. So this is my reason. So all of my friends, my family, the people that invite me out, they have my personal number that I've had for the past 12, 13 years since I had that phone. Over the summer, I bought a work phone 
So nobody has it. No dealership, no, no progressive, no real estate, no friends. My family doesn't even have that number. When I go into turf or when I do my account work, I leave the personal phone. So if I get a call from that work phone, it's for work. If I get a call from work, it's either someone from solar, from my company, or it's a customer. It's not going to be anybody that I have to pick up and get distracted. I have no social media on that phone. So going into turf, it's I have to work. So it forces me knowing my weakness is that I get distracted. So I took that weakness. I said, I acknowledge you and I have to do something, you know, to change and fix that behavior. And that's worked out immensely for me. Yeah, that's so the best, that's that's one the best explanation ever. I'm, I'm in. I'm sold. You've completely flipped me. No longer. It's not that I don't trust you. I actually trust you more than most people now. You trust me more now, right? Because you've developed a system. Yeah, like it's so funny. Yeah, my brother Jordan once said to me, and it was like in an offhand conversation, but he said, "Discipline isn't not eating the cookies in the pantry. It's not having cookies in the pantry." And I was like, "Dude, that's exactly what you just decided." It's like, you know what? I got a phone if there's an emergency. But the question I have though is, when do people in the office like? I want to look at your office and see who has the personal number and who has the work number. Like, do does like somebody graduate? It's like, okay, you're officially my friend. I'm going to move you to like personal phone, you know? Don't oh my gosh. It. Wait. So that brings me back to why I brought that up in the first place. So <laughs> I know a lot of the people do have both because, you know, when I started, I only had the personal phone. So like the managers have it, but none of the newer reps since then have the old number and they all know to use the new one. But the reason why I was saying that was it's so funny because every time I get back in my car, I look at my personal phone and I'm like, I have no phone calls or text messages. And then I'm like, oh, wait, all of my friends work in solar. Yeah. And because <laughs> yeah, I, I need all their numbers, because if they yep. call me, I have to be able to answer and turf if my managers call me. But it's really the environment that you're around dictates who you are. Who you are is what you surround yourself with. 50% is mental and 50% is environmental. So having all these people around that strive for the same goal, we all want to be better personally. We all want to be financially free. We all want to buy houses. We all want to invest in the stock market. We all have this vision and the vision is the same. So it's allowed me to transform who I am because now I no longer hang around with people who are going to get me in trouble or stray me off of my goal and my vision. And it's only people who are doing less than you that comment on your effort and what you're doing. If I'm investing, you know, I've had people say, why would you invest in the real estate market right now? It's because they don't know anything about investing. So it's almost like, I surround myself now with this core group of people who all want me to do better because they're doing better. So that's the reason why I feel like I'm also extremely successful is I surround myself with this group of people. And now I want all of my best friends to be successful too. And I want to help them be successful. So my whole circle can be successful. And if you know, you're not doing that for your friends or for people, it's a wicked selfish and, you know, it's totally, to me, it's totally arrogant. We need to be able to su su spread this success among the people that we know, that we see the potential in them, that we need to let them see that potential in themselves too. It's it's interesting because I've seen, I've known Alicia for two years now, and I've actually seen her um, kind of shed some people in her life over the last two years. And it always kind of manifests itself it always kind of manifests itself in the form of like some friction or like some beef that happens between the two of them or whatever. But I think what's really happening is Alicia's like moving through this like phase into the next phase of her career and her life. And it doesn't, and, staying. and it doesn't align with the yeah. lifestyle of the, the, the friends. And it's not that they're not good people or they can't still be acquaintances or friends, but like she's gone from having a ton of friends that don't work for us to where it's now most of her friends work for us and she spends all her time with the highest achievers on the team. And so it's been really interesting to kind of watch that, you know, that progression. And 
I also kind of wanted to say she, so in the foundry, what we do is um, each foundry member picks a mentee that they're going to mentor for the quarter. And the way that we measure it is how much they improve on their total league score from Q2 to Q3 or Q3 to Q4 or whatever. So we're, we're measuring the difference between their league score from the two quarters. And we actually encourage the foundry members to interview two or three people on their team to see who they're going to mentor for the quarter. Like, hey, I'm going to partner with you. Like, I need to know you're open to feedback, whatever. And Alicia's won it like two or three times now. And like her mentees are like, no, Alicia is in, like intense, man. Like if I'm not out working, like she's hammering me, you know. But like, I did want to, like, you don't just limit it to that one person that you're working with. Like how many people per day are you sending text messages to on your team, like pumping them up? And, and what them- phone are you using? Is that a personal phone? <laughs> <laughs> how are we going to solve this? Well, like, like, are these real friends? Because or just I need to understand friends? the details. So <laughs> she'll call, she'll call me every now and again. And I'm always like, I'm like, Alicia, like call Richard, call Felipe. She's like, I already called all them. And I'm like, all right. Like, so I know she calls. You're like it's midnight. She They're calls like <laughs> ten to fifteen people a day. She I'm like, texts, I need this approval, Adam. Please, she please. She texts fifteen people a day. Like, how many people are you texting every day, getting them pumped up and, and excited for work? Do you think? Oh, people think I'm so annoying, but they love it. Honestly, I think that's how it. Is. I could put it. I mean, I I probably text maybe ten to fifteen people a day. Um, I like, always like, talk like to Pat. deliberate, like deliberate pump up texts, calls kind of thing. Yeah. Like this morning I sent at seven, seven or eight at like seven in the morning. I got a couple of responses back. Like, why are you up so early? <laughs> <laughs> like but it's eight it's, o'clock. <laughs> it's like, you're like, it's seven o'clock. I'm sleeping, but, um, usually, so my big thing is I've, really really taken a hold of the women in the office i you know the other day i got them cards and wrote them all a little note just to you know let them know that i'm here for them so i definitely text the majority of the women in the morning our group chat then i have my mentees i have michelle in the north i have patrick hart in my office that's my mentee for the foundry and i text a few other people that even though they're not my mentees we're really close friends and they trust me and they ask me for help and I'll stay aside with those people. And usually they're the people that I'm like, hey, I'm going to stay after work. You know, I'm going to stay after the meeting and push some accounts forward. If you want me to stay, I'll help you. And it's usually the people that are, you know, accepting of my help that sit there for the hour that it takes for me to go through their accounts. And, you know, the people that care, I'm always trying to pump up because, you know, back then I really needed someone to pump me up. And, you know, I had a couple people in the office that did. And that's, you know, what kind of got my momentum started. I like, so it's, I like you that know, idea. Cool. I like the, yeah. I like the foundry having a mentor and a mentee. Um, we, uh, at my kid's school, they do that. So, um, you have like somebody in a grade older than you and they're your big buddy. Mm. And so it's like, it's funny. I because, had that. Is it? It's so awesome. Cause like, well, I have a little son that just got into, he just got started kindergarten and all his, you know, all of his siblings are at school, you know, and, uh, we were out doing their little trunk or treat at the school. And he's like, that's my big buddy. And then I saw the big buddy to his dad be like, that's my little buddy. I'm like, that is the coolest thing. So So I think maybe we'll adopt it, but we'll maybe do a big buddies and little buddy. Like who's your little buddy, you know, but no, it's so important. Once you develop a skill, you have to put it somewhere or else it, it can, it, it, the fulfillment just doesn't happen. And like, that's the one thing I see is, is, Arguably the first time we met, we had a little bit of a debate on whether or not we've met before, but, uh, I don't know you that well. So in talking to you, like what you seem to have is as you develop is fulfillment. And that only comes through putting energy into other people, right? Like it can only be about you for so long. You got a hundred installs now. Good job. You figured it out. You're self-sufficient. If you stay there, you're going to get kind of grumpy. So what now? Yeah. So you got it. Yeah. So what now? So now you got to turn around and look for other people and be like, Hey, Little buddies, <laughs> let's let's go. Let's get to the next step. But it's incredible what it does for you is it makes you so much more capable of the next opportunities that right. come. You know? And I think too, it's taking on that responsibility and doing it in, you know, as a female, it's more like a loving and nurturing way and a helping way that 
you know, I don't really care about what I get out of that. It's, I was saying this to Felipe the other day. I was like, oh my God, I stayed when they were in Hawaii, you know, the masterminds of BC led the meeting. And after the meeting, I stayed with probably 15 of the people in the office and we airplayed how to do caps on the screen. And we stayed there till like four o'clock and I texted him and I was him and Tiago. And I was like, being able to just help people and know that they walked out of their, that room with their accounts moving. And they were so happy because their questions were answered was the biggest feeling of fulfillment that I honestly have felt at this job. And it made me feel amazing and I wasn't getting anything for it. And it's just being able to have that sense of knowledge and helping other people. It's honestly super incredible that we're given that opportunity here. Alicia, before we wrap up, um, Give uh, give all of our combine uh, one or two tidbits of advice. Work the hours. And that's it. I was talking to one of my combine reps today that I took out. He He's actually my best friend since the fifth grade at high school. And he was telling me, his name is Mike Vulak. Shout he's out in to my Mike office. Vulak. The little buddy. Yeah, shout out to Mike Vulag. <laughs> he saw um, a cold combo today. Right before I got hopped on with you guys, I I knocked a cold door and did a verification call. So that was really cool Wait, for him to see. was that the call I was on with you and then you hung up on me? Yes, I knocked the door while when I hung cold up on combo. you. I like I, she called me to like she called me to like prep for this podcast, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" She's like, "I'm on the doors," and uh, she's like, "But I need, we need to hurry and get an update." And I'm like in the middle of like telling her like what to, you know, what to expect. And then she just, she goes, Hey, how's it going? And hung up. That is my favorite thing. I love when I call people <laughs> and I can just tell they turn the phone on and I can hear them in a sales conversation. Mm -hmm. Like, And you know, hey, when you we know, hang you know up on you, don't yeah. take it personally. You know what's no, going on great. right hey, now. Hey, so uh, actually last, last question. Would you say the difference between from when you went to, starter to franchise so she, she didn't i don't think you actually ever hit all-star officially no she, so, went from, she went from starter to franchise skipped yep. all-star and all-american skipped a couple grades and would you say I, the number one thing is you worked more hours i would say the number one thing is i worked more hours i mean like i was just saying you know that my my message to the combine it's the 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 hardest thing to do is get out of the door you can't perfect anything without putting in the hours. You know, Kobe Bryant wasn't the best because after he won a championship game, he would go take two weeks off and go on vacation. He was out the next day at practice. So it's almost like, how can you be awful at something that you're perfecting every single day? I notice even in myself, if I take off a week of knocking the first day back, I'm atrocious. I would never want anybody knocking with me after a week of taking it off. If you're consistently on the doors two to eight, one to seven in the wintertime, every single day, it's going to be very, very hard for someone to beat you because at work ethic outbeats talent every day. And to me, you can teach someone how to sell, but you can't teach them how to work. And so that's the one thing that I learned. It's everybody wants to be franchised or everybody wants to hit 30. Everyone wants to be like Breno DeLima, Don Gomez, and all these top-notch guys, but they don't want to do what it takes to get there. And when I really, like Adam was saying earlier in the podcast about, you know, single people having distractions, this or that, it actually motivated me to get my day started earlier so I would have plenty of time on the doors to knock and to me that's extremely important it's you can honestly say whatever you want but if you don't know what you're saying and you're not portraying that to the customer with conviction and confidence then this job isn't for you you have to be able to perfect your craft and be okay every day getting rejected 95 percent of the time to wait for that one door to open and let you in and to me that's the most important thing is practice and work Alicia, it's been awesome having you on. So thanks, uh, appreciate guys. All, appreciate all the insight, all the bits of advice, all the uh, the perspective, and um, I know I can uh, speak for all of the Boston Central guys and New England guys. They're super grateful to have you on the team. So 
Uh, it's been awesome getting to know you and working with you. So anyway. It's been awesome to be here. Thank you guys so much. No worries. And that's another uh, episode of Electric People in the Books. Thanks, Alicia. Thanks, guys. Have a great night. If you've liked what you've heard and are interested in joining our teams, just DM us on Instagram and one of us will reach out about how to join this dynamic opportunity. You want to come be a part of the best sales team, solar team in the industry? Hit us up. Sunrun. Thanks for hanging out with us today. This is Electric People. Take these principles and go be electric.